Welcome to WCSU 411, a podcast about interesting people and achievements at Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today we are recording in the basement of Whitehall with Jay Murray, Associate Vice President for Enrollment Services. He's the one who decides whether you get into Westcon. So we're going to talk about what a new first-year student can expect in the first semester at the university. That's coming up at the uh, end of August. So Jay, when I, my parents dropped me off at college, I was in the back seat with some luggage and stuff. We got to the college. My dad slowed down a little bit, opened the door, I threw me out on the sidewalk. I waved goodbye, and uh, you know, spent the rest of the semester at college. But it's not like that anymore, is it? No, it's 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 not. I think colleges, um, universities in the last 10, 15 years have really gotten into more service oriented. I mean, I think there's uh, extreme competition for students out there. There is a, currently we're in a down cycle. So there's fewer students for more seats and more universities out there. So colleges have really gotten really savvy on uh, things they do. And, you know, the best way to recruit new customers is to treat your existing customers very well. And that really starts from day one, then when they step on campus, um, first time, first year, um, showing them kind of uh, that, that, that concierge-like environment. So it's, you know, we, we, we ask the parent to, to park the car before they, they, they shove the student out. But then it's, you know, being met at the door, you know, where you're going, helping you get your stuff to the building, um, having all torps types of programs to help students acclimatize to that that first year because that that transition from high school senior where you're king of the castle to first time first year student where you're you're you know the the young babe in the wolves in in the woods um so to speak is 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 a difficult transition some students handle it well some students need a lot more coddling and i think nowadays universities have gotten really good at not just providing the you know the ras and the rds and the residence halls which are always there but oftentimes you'll find mentors whether they're professional or academic or administrative you'll find um coursework to help students with the successful transfer year, that freshman year experience type of course. You'll also find um, more opportunities for students to network with each other, you know, network with upperclassmen, how do things go, how things should go. Um, just be able to ask questions because um, they're uncertain, but they have to remember that everybody there first time is there for the first time. They're not going through it alone, so they really shouldn't try to go through it alone. I think a university that does it well is a university that's going to provide services for a student to help them make an informed decision about who they want to be, what they want to do, um, not force it upon the student, but make it available and make it known where to go for what services throughout that first year. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of information in the first several days or first week of um, the, when the student gets on campus, right? Seminars it's like a feed bag on a, on a racehorse, yeah. <laughs> So everything that you possibly could have a question about will be answered. Yeah, d definitely. I think, you know, students have to get used to the fact that whether they necessarily need the information or not is going to be provided and it's provided just so they always know it's there because you never know what's going to happen when i i give uh, panels presentations oftentimes to high school juniors and their parents high school seniors and their parents and i always tell them that you know students always want to go to college as far away from mom and dad as possible but in reality the moment something goes wrong they call mom and dad so 
on campus, we're trying to provide an environment where they have a surrogate mom and dad for all those questions, whether it be health-related, personal-related, they need counseling service, they need tutorial services. Um, they, they're having trouble finding food that they like in the dining hall. There's always, we, we have to be someone there to, to, to help them do that. Um, um, not that they need the help, but in case something happens, you want to make sure a college is doing a good job with that. Mm-hmm. And making them feel comfortable. Making right? them feel comfortable, absolutely. Because that, you know, it, 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 a lot of us have forgotten what it was like. Um, I think uh, my, my parents did slow down and park the car, but then my mom cried the entire time. So it was like being, I might as well have been dropped off. I think I wished I had been dropped off. But, you know, the, also the parents do tend to stay more engaged. So part of the job of the university is to help the student sever that leash that they've had to mom and dad. Not not in a bad way, but just let them know, okay, this is the time you should be coming more and more independent. Um, not that you're no longer relying on your reliant on your parents, but you're gonna be slowly but surely as you mature, as you grow, as you progress through four years, becoming less reliant with the college being more and more of that support network. So the uh, there is a lot of competition for students among colleges and universities, and uh, one of the issues that we hear about on campus a lot is uh, that uh, students who grew up around here in the western part of the state uh, don't want to go to their local college, right? So what do you say to students when you go out there and say to their, stu- their students and their parents about uh, why WestCon is could be the right choice for them. Well, I think that's normal. Um, Nobody wants to go to college down the street from where they grew up. However, in reality, and I believe this this is data from the College Board, it's something like 95% of all high school seniors will go to college within 500 miles of where they grew up. And 500 miles seems like a long way, um, but that's, you know, just draw a circle from here to DC, out to out to Syracuse, back to Boston, and around again, and that's that's kind of the the realm. And sometimes a student has to understand that you can go away to college and only be two or three miles away, and it's really not much different than going away and being 200, 300 miles away. Two hundred, three hundred sometimes sounds great, but wouldn't it be wonderful if you could go away, have that I'm away at college, I'm independent experience, but still have access to home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, I think where Western might fit into a student's plans is that they can find everything they can at a university that's 200 miles away, so to speak, you know, all the programs, all the athletics, all the support, all the social activities, um, all the, the cultural activities on campus and still be able to go home if they want to. But if they don't never go home and have a four year experience where they're a residential student, where they lived on campus and their entire life was on campus and never actually see mom and dad. You know, that's that that might be ideal, actually. The uh, student life is one of the things that you pitch, right? Mm -hmm. uh, There are things to do here. What are the kinds of things that you talk about? Well, for students, whether they're participating in events or just kind of being associated with them. So, you know, you have the uh, athletics. We have, you know, 14 men's, women's, division three varsity sports. We have 
75, 80 different clubs and organizations. We have club sports like uh, rugby and ice hockey. Um, so there's always going to be something for th students to kind of keep their physical side occupied. But then also there's the academic clubs. You know, eat, almost every single department has, a, has an academic affiliated association. Some, you know, incredibly strong, some, some maybe only meeting a couple times a semester. So there's always something that holds students' interest. There's, then there's the kind of out-of-the-box groups like the, uh, I think it's the Outback Club. Um, you know, they've, they've done trips where, you know, not just skiing, not just hiking locally, but they've, they've gone and um, climbed the high, highest peaks in South America. Um, so, you know, great little opportunities. I think for a student truly to enjoy their college experience, they should do things that they haven't done before. You know, stretch the envelope every bit. I find it's like, you know, the high school student might relate to this. When you go from middle school to high school, you actually have a chance to reboot. Um, you can be somebody new. Well, when you go from high school to college, you have another opportunity to reboot. And you know, maybe maybe you were the athlete, and now you want to be um, in the academic clubs, or you were in the academic now want to be an athlete, or you want to get involved with student government, um, or or get involved with one of the organizations that plans all the clubs and events. Maybe you have a you know that that kind of OCD personality. Well, that's who you really want for event planning. Well, you can get involved with some of those things like that in, at a, at a university, and even you know here at Western, say maybe it's a job on campus. You know, maybe you want to work in another office, maybe just to get experience um, for maybe what you're interested on, inter interested in later on in life, or simply you just want you know money to help you with book money, with food money, with with fun um, money throughout the course of the year. The thing we found about our students that whether it be a club or an organization or a sport or even a campus job, they actually retain at a much higher rate than a student who's not involved. And so I think that campus involvement in that definitely from day one of the first year is really, really important. And I talk to a lot of students who, uh, the ones who have the best experiences are the ones who are involved in a lot of different things. So as you say, even just a job on campus, you get to know so many people. Yeah, we have, um, in the admissions office, we have um, 15, 16 uh, student workers who work for us, and we graduated nine this year. And it was interesting, oftentimes you'd go into the office, and you know, usually there'd be you know, three or four students on 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 the clock, so to speak. And we'd go in sometimes and there might be six or seven or students sitting there. It's because those were their friends. That's who they went and they hung out with on the weekends and in the, um, in the evenings. And so when they had time between class, they came to the admissions office, they'd sit and do their work, they'd have lunch, they'd hang out because it gives you a, a socialization, a, a group, a sense of belonging. Right. Yeah. It is always friendly in the admissions office. Uh, yeah. in there. And academically too, sometimes uh, local um, High school students will say, oh, Westcom, but uh, just my own experience with the honors program for the best students here. I think it's the uh, most rigorous honors program I've seen at any other college. Yeah, I, our, our Kathwari Honors Program, which I believe is the only named endowed honors school in the CSU system, um, has been a, a really just a, a dynamite asset to the institution. Now, Dr. Cook, the director of the program, he's a professor in our poli-sci department, has really kind of uh, taken the program, restructured it, redeveloped it, and and improved it all for the better. The, the president has a vision for us of being at 10%. So he wants an, uh, the Kathwari Honors School, um, really a college within a college, to be at 10% of our undergraduate population. And we're, we're going to be very close this fall. We had about 300 plus this past year. With the incoming class, we have about 100 students who are coming in. Now, um, you have to be invited to be a member of the Honors Program. And this year, the criteria was it started at a, a, a B-plus 
high school cumulative core GPA with an 1180 um, composite critical reading and math SAT. Um, and then it goes up to our full tuition uh, merit, presidential merit honors uh, scholarship recipients. Those students all have SATs that are above a 1350 and have uh, essentially 4.0 GPAs. Um, so, you know, you think of the quality of the student that we're talking about. So they have access to 24-7 access to the Kathwari Honors House. So they have swipe key access. It's a place they can go. It's a sanctuary for them. You know, there's kitchen, there's study space, there's classroom space. Uh, uh, honors faculty members will do lectures in there. They have lectures, uh, special honors lectures by program. You can be any major and be in the honors program. Um, you graduate with the honors distinction. But also then there's a, you know, social and service opportunities within the group. And again, it's, a, it's an affinity group, but that's academic based. So you're challenged, you're, the, the rigor of the curriculum is there and is on par with that at any other university. But also there's a social side to it because they have a house, they have a place where they can go and belong. And I think that, that that's very healthy. And so we have very high retention rate for those students. Mm -hmm. Even though they're coming in, they're our, they're our best and our brightest. Mm -hmm. From anywhere. And these kids could go they anywhere. They could literally basically. go anywhere, yeah. Mm -hmm. The um, One of the things I also noticed over the last, I don't know, decade is uh, the... Diversity of the state is reflected in the diversity of our um, campus now, mm -hmm. student body too. And to just be uh, direct about it, if you're African American or Latino or LGBT, you'll find other students like you here. It's not uh, something you have to, uh, I think in the past, some uh, students would hide or not. Um, fully participate or uh, reflect themselves uh, in student bodies, I don't know, 15 years ago. And uh, we do reflect that now. Yeah, absolutely. I think our student population is extremely diverse. And like you said, and it's not, it's not just ethnic diversity. We're getting geographic diversity, um, socially, uh, socioeconomically. Um, all different types of students are here. And I think it's positive. Mm -hmm. I think it's healthy for the institution. It, 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 you don't want to be at an institution where everybody has the same opinion, the same background, the same. You, you, you need that diversity for, to have healthy discourse within and without the classroom. Um, and I, I think we have that here at Western. It's only improving. You know, we have great initiatives now um, for geographic diversity because, you know, historically we're about 94 percent from from the state of Connecticut. And, you know, that's you know. It's great, yay, Connecticut. However, um, when you're in college, you want to learn from people or affiliate, associate with people who don't have the same background as you. And that's not just race, that's not just socioeconomic class, that's not just uh, gender preference. Geography, a, a student who grew up in Texas has a very different upbringing from a student who grows up in Connecticut. And so providing that for our students is great. I want to say this year's class and last year's class, I think we represented almost 20 states in the incoming class. That's very healthy. And um, this year, 20% are from out of the state of Connecticut. So um, we're, we're really excited about what that's going to do for our environment. Mm -hmm. The, uh, it's more interesting in a classroom, too. Yeah, Meeting oh, different people, have different views, it really uh, makes it better than those uh, high-priced private schools that uh, advertise that they're so much better than we are. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think but, you went right there, and what kind of probably the biggest uh, selling point is you're getting all of this at, at a really affordable 
price. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's key because, you know, one of the, the big concerns and you, you hear talked about on the view, if, you, if you've watched the news, um, they talk about college indebtedness. Well, our, ours is very, very low and it's low because our tuition is very, very low. Um, you know, in-state at 10 and change. Um, that's a really bargain when you start factoring in some of the things that we're talking about here today. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're already working, preparing to get ready for the first day of school, right? Oh, absolutely. Which is uh, August 28th or 27th. Yeah, I'm thinking to take the vacation that week. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're already preparing for that. But also we're looking looking past that. You know, I've already started my recruitment cycle for the class of 18 and the class of 2019 um, because it is a, it's a cyclical process and you have to kind of get in front of these um, high school students earlier and earlier each year to kind of um, differentiate yourself from the, from the pack and talk about some of the things we're talking about today getting that in front of students earlier and earlier in the process. Mm -hmm. and just to be clear, in case anybody uh, uh, doesn't understand this, not every student gets into WestCon. Oh, absolutely. So we're probably, um, we have a applicant pool each year that's about just over 7,000. Um, of that, maybe 5,500, 50, almost 6,000 are freshmen alone. We only admit about 60, 64% of our freshmen. The other students are, are, are denied admission to the institution. So um, it's, it's not an open enrollment type of situation. Actually, um, we just ran our numbers. And for this year's incoming class um, of enrolled students that were coming in the fall, the average high school um, GPA was an 80 Five, the average SAT of the students that submitted test scores was a 1085. Mm. Um, so we're, we're talking about a, a, a pretty good group of students mm -hmm. um, that we have coming in here. Um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're really we're really excited about the the academic quality. We're definitely um, making great progress with our, the academic quality of the student, along with the other um, institutional goals that we have. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, all the different uh, aspects of running a university, and uh, you're in uh, one side of it. Once the students get here, you don't abandon them, but uh, uh, you're involved in all the programs that go on. But then the professors take over and the uh, academic side, and in four years or a little more, they uh, go out and they become citizens. It's really a fascinating process. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's it, it's like a continual handoff. You mm -hmm. know, the, the admissions office, uh, the enrollment services staff, the, the students really become kind of comfortable. They meet them. It's it's a, it's a it's a collegial relationship. And then you get to campus. Okay, now you have the, the faculty and the student affairs people taking over. You get to the, the, the senior year, then it's you're working more and more with career services. And then and then you, you graduate, then it's the alumni organization. You know, it, it's important to note when you go to a university, you're making a, a decision for life. You're you know, you come to WCSU or wherever a student may choose, you're a member of that institution for the rest of your life. That is your group. Um, you know, I still, from the institution I went with, I still am very close with my uh, my, my college roommates. Um, I lived in a house with nine other guys. And, uh, you know, we meet every once in a while. We communicate, you know, you know, sh sh sharing with the children. They're all, they're all growing up the same age. So it's, you want that tight-knit community. And that's the important thing about, you know, when you go to school, whether you go away or close to home, the part that doesn't change is becoming part of that community. Mm -hmm. And the more you are involved, the more you are vested in the institution, the more tight those bonds become. And that really becomes your, your next group for the rest of your life. We don't let nine guys live in the same uh, apartment. Oh, right? We should try. We should get some apartment style housing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jay. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the time uh, you've given us the great information. I also want to thank our producers, Scott Volpe and Pete Puccio, who make this podcast available to the rest of the world. 
If you like what you've heard, please subscribe at WCSU Media on iTunes or SoundCloud so you can stay up to date with all editions of WCSU 411, which in addition to my guests feature other aspects of life at Westcon. Thanks, Jay. You're welcome.